And it's my joy and privilege this morning to introduce to you my, my good friend for over 40 years, Pastor Mike Parker. He's from down in Alabama, somewhere between Alabama and Florida right now. He's in a little transition, but he's been here before. He's no stranger to the pulpit at Benson Grove Baptist Church. Help me welcome, if you will, Brother Mike Parker as he comes to preach to us this morning. Thank you, Brother Billy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's camp meeting time. Amen. Not cramp meeting time. Amen. Be sure you get that word right. It's camp meeting time. And I'm just overjoyed to get to come and be with you on this Sunday morning as we uh, begin these services. I'm looking forward to the fellowship, the time with God's people, and especially this time uh, this morning that we can worship God together. Boy, I tell you, it's already been sweet. It's already ministered to my heart, and I praise the Lord for it. And he has a way of setting the table. He has a way of confirming things. And we're just so blessed. Uh, And I appreciate, uh, again, Benson Grove Baptist Church. You're in our prayers daily. Uh, uh, We we lift our our loved ones in Christ, our brothers and sisters, and our sister churches. And those who uh, we've been with throughout the years, we lift them up to the Lord on a daily basis. And we're praying for you. And we know that many of you are in some hard places and battles. uh, But it's going to get better. Amen. It may not be on this side. He's getting us ready to go to the other side. Amen. Uh, and we're looking forward to what uh, God's got in store for us. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 12. Uh, and as you turn in there, I'm thinking uh, about what uh, the, the, the Lord Jesus said. Brother Billy's already uh, quoted it. But uh, Jesus said to uh, the woman at the well, and it's important because God's in this place today. The Spirit of God is here today. And there's something very special he has at work to do in this place today. Something that he longs for from you and from me. And he says, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship uh, the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is in this place today and he's seeking He's looking for worshipers. Now, listen, I'm talking to a lot of people that have studied the Bible for years and years and years and years. Now, you must take that Bible and a good concordance. I love Strong's. I like Young's. In order to get the definitions, the Bible is short on definitions. Can I have amen there? Think about now what you think about. I said the Bible doesn't have very many definitions in it, but it's loaded down page after page, verse after verse, chapter after chapter of demonstration. Demonstrations. And so I trust that God would help us today to learn some truths from this passage of Scripture that I'll read to you uh, and knowing that God the Holy Spirit is in the midst of God's people seeking worshipers. Now, I can go into all kinds of definitions, but I'm going to look right to a demonstration. And I want to share and bring forth, hopefully, there'll be five areas of truth from the passage we'll read this morning that I pray God would brand it in our hearts and seal it there until we see Jesus face to face on the other side. Let's read the passage together, beginning in chapter 12 of John's Gospel, verse 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, 
whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was this ointment Or why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Let's pray. Father, again, we need your help. We realize again, without you, we can do nothing. We pray that from the very outset, Lord, as you have in the song service, you would continue through the word of God as we try to present it, Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit, a blanket this place in our minds and our hearts and illumine us and Lord, speak to us and speak through us and Lord, be glorified in camp meeting time. Refresh your people, Lord, and save lost sinners that are strangers to you. Reach out, Lord, to where the airways is picking up the signals and it's going into homes and families and the radio waves Lord, touch lives and change them. Call them by the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, you be glorified and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The fragrance of worship. If you go to the roll call uh, of the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to find out the first person that is mentioned there is a man named Abel. Guess what he done? By faith, Abel offered that more acceptable sacrifice unto the Lord. There's a reason why that he mentions this offering, this worship service first. Everything else comes in behind that. If there's no real and true worship, then there's going to be, everything will be a drag, a drudge. Listen, it'll be mechanical and methodical. But if there's worship, in spirit and in truth, everything else will flow out of that experience of worshiping the living God. You see, there can be no real walk with God, and that's the second fellow noticed there in Hebrews 11, would be Enoch. Enoch walked with God. He first mentions the man Abel who worshiped. And then he mentions Enoch. You can't walk with God if you don't first worship God. He'll be, listen, It'll kill you. It'll dry you up on the inside. You must first worship God in spirit and in truth. And from that worship experience in the presence of the living God, we'll flow a walk with God. And then you'll be wanting to getting involved with the work of God. Noah moved with fear and got out there and became the laughing stock of society, building an ark when they never had no rain. Amen. Everything will flow out from that worship. Amen. Everything. Will. Listen, uh, I, wanted, uh, I want my props to come up now. Amen. Our cast. We've got, we've got, uh, we've got Jesus. Where'd he go? He didn't leave, did he? Did he check out on me? He'll be back. Y'all got that? He'll be back. Y'all come on up on stage up here and, and uh, hey amen, this is, this is my helpers right here. 
I, I want them to, as, as we uh, consider this, I want you to notice, first of all, something about that, that was said. And you take Mark chapter 14, you'll read the same story. When you go to Mark chapter 14 and you begin to read, uh, it was an alabaster box of ointment, precious ointment. 300 pence was equivalent to a year's salary, a year's salary. And so let me say, first of all, uh, when, when, when Mary come, we'll get Jesus here in a second. He'll, he'll show up. He will show up, at least expected. Just hang in there. Uh, we'll get one of you brothers to sit down there. We've got Peter and John with us here this morning, and we've got Mary. Uh, we may have to get, up and get another prophet. We have to get another Jesus. Huh? Huh? Hello? That's a, that's a red flag right there. Praise God, he went and got decked out. Amen. So, I, praise God. I, I didn't know. Amen. Come on, Lord. Amen. Listen, you're in for real treat. Now, I know y'all, y'all already know that, but it's going to be a, a glorious thing. Uh, if you'll just take a seat right there, and John, one of y'all sit down there, side of him, uh, okay? And I want you to get this picture. Uh, this probably was come from India, this little marble box with this high-priced ointment in it. Most likely, it was something handed down. She treasured this. It was probably handed down from her mother, maybe her, her grandmother, But this was something very costly. Can I tell you something? Worship is costly. You just want to get down there. Thank you, Mary. Amen. And just, we don't get too involved here. Amen. If it's, you spray a lot of that on his feet. Amen. (laughs) Listen, costly. What does it cost? It costs the, the price of a year's salary. And so here is Mary and bringing that and she comes into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice where she's at. She's at Bethany. She's at home. Can I tell you that worship didn't just kick into gear here this morning. It starts at the house. Real worship will start at your house. And so she's at home and Jesus is there in that home that he loved to come to and this is Mary and Martha is doing her thing. Every time or three times, let me put it this way, that you read about this Mary, the the sister of Lazarus and Martha, guess where she's at? She's at the feet of Jesus. If we'll ever learn that. Church, if we'll ever learn that we're not going to learn and we're not going to do anything if we don't get it at the feet of Jesus and take that place and that position at the feet of the Lord. You find her learning at the feet of Jesus in Luke 10, verse 30. You find her at the feet of Jesus grieving in John eleven thirty two 32 concerning the death of Lazarus. And now she's at the feet of Jesus and she's worshiping. She's taken the most precious thing to her life that she owns and she's bringing it to the Lord. Now I'm not going to ask her to get down and put her hair, but you see, she put her hair after she anointed his feet with that precious ointment uh, as she put her hair down there and began to wipe his feet uh, with her hair. The Apostle Paul said that a long hair uh, of a woman is a glory to her. That's in 1 Corinthians eleven fifteen. Her hair is given to her for a covering. What does she do? She surrenders her glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Her glory. She lays it at the feet of the Jesus. Let me say something to you. I'm going to listen. Well, what's it going to, preacher? Uh, what's it going to cost me? Everything. 
I don't care. Listen, you say that house is yours, it's not yours. Listen, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It don't belong to you. It belongs to Him. He's let you use it a little while. And when we learn, whatever, the American dream, which, boy, that's a, that's a farce. Whatever it is that is most precious to your life, it may be the children, the grandchildren, everything. You bring it and you lay it at the feet of Jesus. Your glory, everything you glory in, you lay it at the feet of Jesus. Worship is bringing everything to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it begins, it begins with that as we see in this, uh, uh, as we try to put it in visual this morning for just a few moments. Uh, and notice something else uh, where she's at. Thank you so much, Mary. You all right? You're good. She's in the position and the service of a slave. That's the slave's job. The bond slave. That was their, their job to take and to wash the visitor's feet and take care of their needs. But Mary comes and takes that position willingly. Over and over, Paul talked about he was a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was a bond slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will, Listen, what does that mean? It means that she recognizes and realizes that she's not her own, she's purchased. A slave is one that's been purchased. We've been purchased by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So a purchased bond slave, one who recognizes that and takes their place at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and humbles themselves down in that position is saying, my will and my wants don't matter. It's just his because I'm not my own. I am bought with a price. And therefore, I'm to glorify God in my body and in my spirits, uh, which are God's. And so she's there as a bond slave and takes that place uh, of humility. And she's there serving and ministering. And I want, are y'all smelling anything over there? This stuff, I, did, I got something all real powerful. Amen. You got this on this guy here? Here you go. Amen. All right. Praise God. Worship is costly. I want a visual this morning. Worship is fragrant. It has an aroma about it. Okay, y'all can, y'all can go and share the aroma. Thank you, thank you. Hey Amen. They're going to walk around here. They're not going to offend nobody. But I want you, when they walk around here, if somebody gets it, you may have to take a few laps and you come on back after a while when you settle down and you don't know, communicate with. Worship is fragrant. She, when she poured on him what was precious to her, it, listen, it first came back on Mary. She was the first one. When she put it on the Lord Jesus, uh, the aroma was there on him, but it came back on her. And then it said, it filled the room. It filled the room. Everyone in that room began to say, man, what is going on? That is, that, listen, can you smell that fragrance of worship? The fragrance of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. The priest at the altar of incense. Tim really, wanted, Tim really wanted to soup this thing up. He wanted to put that stuff in that smoke machine. <laughs> and he's going to fog y'all in. Anybody smelling anything out there? 
Do you, I want you to get that picture. You think about this, Brother, uh, brother Penny. I'll say about that altar of incense inside the holy place where the curtain was right in front of there, the Holy of Holies, and right behind that was the Ark of the Covenant. But there was the altar of incense. And they would go in there daily and they would be offering up that incense on that altar inside the holy place. They would be walking around in the light of the golden lampstand at the table of showbread, but they'd be ministering doing the altar of incense. That's what Zechariah was doing when he got the word that they was going to have a child. John Baptist was going to come into their family. Can you imagine this? After going in there for those, that period of time in that enclosed 10 by 10 room, something about that size, offering that fragrant incense on that altar, when he come out, what he smelt like, hello? It saturated his clothing, his hair, his beard. He smelled, he reeked of that fragrance that he'd been in there worshiping, offering up prayers on the behalf of Israel according to what God had taught and spoken to him through Moses. And so when you get into the prayer, you see, well, say, well, what's going on in there? Well, the coals that fired and burnt that all that uh, ingredients came from the brazen altar outside where the blood atonement, blood sacrifice had been offered. They'd go out with the tongs, and they'd get those, those pans, and they'd put those coals of fire, they'd take them in to the holy place and dump them in there. So it's all because of Calvary. The blood of Jesus Christ. We can offer up our prayers and our praise and our thanksgiving, and it's going to be fragrant. You're going to get it on you. As you offer it up to the Lord, you're going to get it on you. It's going to come back on you, and it's going to fill the room. And I want to suggest this to you when you begin to think about this. When Mary was doing what she was doing, number one, it was seen. Those in the house saw what she was doing. They sensed her love for the Lord Jesus Christ in this act that she was performing upon Jesus. Not only that, but there was also the fragrance of the perfume and the smell. So I want to suggest to you that when true and real worship takes place, somebody's going to see it, somebody's going to sense it, and yes, somebody's going to smell it. Amen. Somebody's going to smell it. Uh, and so worship, is the first, that's number one. We've got to worship. It's costly. It's going to be fragrant. What's it? Paul says it this way, 2 Corinthians 2.15. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. There's a fragrance of the presence of Christ living in the born-again child of God. That's a, unto God a sweet smell because it's of Christ. And so to the saved, there's a fragrance of that relationship and the presence of Christ and the realness of Christ. And the saved can sense it, see it, can smell it. But the lost also you wonder why, you know, 
They might want to make light of you on that job whenever you walk around, walk with God because they're smelling something. Huh? You listen to me. What Paul made relationship or a reference to was that conquering general of the armies that had been off to war and they're coming back in. And they're victorious. And they got some of the captives that are chained to the chariots that's coming along behind them that's captives from the war. And as they come into a city, they're celebrating the victory. As they're celebrating the victory, they're lighting up along the sides of the road into the town. They're lighting up and burning these fragrances. They're celebrating with this aroma. And it's filling the streets to the soldiers coming in. Victory! Victory in Jesus, praise God. But to those that are slaved and chained, it smells and smells of death. In other words, in other words, what happens and why it sours on a lot of people's hearts and minds is the fragrance of the Christ life that comes out of the believer. If you're right and they're lost, it don't smell good nor taste good. And they're not willing not wanting to be changed. And it smells of death. In other words, if you're right and they're wrong, it smells of eternal lostness to them. Get the picture? So as believers, we walk through this world with a fragrance about us. I like to refer to Acts chapter 4 verse 13 Whenever the disciples are called before the council and they are threatening them, it said, but when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, it said they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Here's my question to us today, church. We leave and we go home. We go out to our workplaces tomorrow, we go wherever that we have to go and tend to business. Is anybody going to take knowledge of us? Is there going to be a fragrance about my life and your life that they could say, you know what? They might not have been off to the Bible institutes. They may have not been, you know, to the place of, of, of the most learned believers in the world. They not, may not sit at the feet of, of the Apostle Paul, but there's one thing we do know. They've been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. That's going to come out of a worship experience. It's going to have to start at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first truth is worship is costly. Worship is fragrant. And then when worship, when we worship, there'll be truth that will be revealed. Jesus said, let her alone. She hath anointed my body for the burial. Mary apparently got something the disciples didn't get. When he said, I'm fixing to have my Passover, I'm fixing to go to my passion, I must die and raise again. Somehow or another, she got some of that because she had a truth revealed to her that they did not get a hold of. And she was anointing his body for the burial before he went to Calvary. When you worship I'm telling you, friend, when you worship God in spirit and in truth, he's going to pull back the curtains and show you divine truth that you have read about, but it's going to jump up and leap out into your mind, your heart. It's going to grasp you and wrap around you, and it's going to kiss you and hug you and encourage you and bless you and help you. Worship 
You see, worship will bring forth a revelation, understanding of truth, of God's precious word, of his holy son, our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a fourth thing. When we worship, when we worship, church, it's going to be misunderstood by others. You see, uh, you got Martha. Martha is doing what Martha does. Guess what she's doing? She's serving. What was she doing back in Luke 10? She was cumbered about much serving. She had a little attitude problem back there, but she don't have that now. Amen. So she's serving. And so she pictures our serving, doing things, serving Christ in worship. It's an act of worship. Lazarus is seated at the table. He pictures for us communion with the Lord. He's just there with Christ and they're just communing. He's seated with him. Judas is there, but guess what? Judas comes in on this other thing. Why this waste? That pictures the world's attitude toward the church's walk and worship or worship and walk with God. Why this waste? This could have been sold and could have been given to the poor, but he was a thief. He was going to rip it off anyway. But you see, the attitude of the world is why this waste? Listen, I've been saved over 40, nearly 45 years. But don't you know something? I can still remember very clearly before I got saved, I thought folks had give up their Sundays to go to church. Brother Billy was losers. Oh, yeah. Man, listen, that's time to fish. I said, that's my hunting time. That's the way I grew up. That's the way I was. Listen, I've lost, lost, lost. But when I met Jesus, I recognized it wasn't a waste. It's the glorious and most best, you know, of times where the burdens are lifted. Christ is King and Lord of your life. The blood's washed your sins away. You're free to walk and serve God and worship and love God and be loved of God and enjoy the fellowship of the saints of God. And friend, now I just want to hang out with his people, with him. And so you have Jesus, his attitude now. You know what he said? Leave her alone. Jesus shows his attitude toward worship. His appreciation toward worship. But let me say, it's going to be misunderstood. They murmured. They was, in, they was indignant toward her. They was critical and harsh. You can expect to be un- misunderstood when you worship. Amen. Brother Billy remembers Sister Shirley. Shirley Grant. Sister Shirley. She'd sit there while Brother Billy be preaching in camp meeting down in northwest Florida. She'd be sitting over there, boy, she'd be burning up that pen with them notes. She loved the Word of God. She wasn't no shouter, but she'd wipe them tears. And boy, every now and then you'd see Sister Shirley pick up that Bible. Boy, she'd give that Bible a big kiss and she'd hold that Bible up and she'd just love it on the Lord. That Word, boy, somebody, one of them preachers, I don't, there was many different camp meeting preachers there, but she, she was still loving on the Lord, worshiping, worshiping. Expressing herself. Listen, a lot of folks, you know, they pick and point and misunderstood. You're going to be misunderstood. I'd rather be misunderstood than miss him. 
I'd rather folks talk about me for loving on him. Hey, praise God, it's none of their business, no way. Hey, man, it's none of their business, no way. It's, it's about me and the Lord. Do you, do you think that Mary cared anything about that at all? What they might have been thinking, what they said. All this is going on, she's down at his feet. It wasn't bothering her. She was wrapped up with her loving on the Lord and doing this. If we could get that way, we'd come in. We could care less. Every now and then there might be a, a hallelujah come out. Every now and then it might be praise God. Thank you, Jesus, when he shined the light on your heart and a truth opened up as you're at his feet loving on him, giving him, pouring out your all to him in adoration and praise and thanksgiving. There's another thing in closing. Worship was appreciated by the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he said. Wherever this gospel is preached, it'll be a memorial to her in Mark 14. How about that? Would you like to have that on your resume? And that's what's happened. All over the world ever since this took place and the recording of the word of God, everywhere the gospel has been preached. This event this experience Mary had, this worship that Mary performed on the Lord Jesus Christ has been spoken of as a memorial for Mary. Unashamed, thankful to Him, loving Him, blessing Him, and it comes forth as a memorial for her and He appreciates it and He's blessing her even today. Can I tell you this? Your private Worship is going to affect your public worship. If you're not at home worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, it's very possible and probable that you're not going to be liberated to worship publicly. But if you're loving on the Lord at home, it'll flow in the public gathering. If it's going to be fragrant, uh, Brother Billy's been knowing me a long time. I love to fish. I love to hunt. I've got too old to do either one of them. I'm just about it now. Hey, man, need, need crutches for everything. Uh, no, it doesn't, it doesn't impress me. But I love it. You know, after the grandchildren, you know, some of them's growing on up a little older. I love it now. To, from my two oldest grandsons, they're 15. Both of them's turned 15 here in the last few months. Uh, to come and Paul, Paul. I've been reading in my Bible about this. So, Paul, Paul, what do you think? And we sit there, and for two hours or three hours at the time, instead of playing video games and all that other stuff, they're talking to me about the Lord and asking questions. Friend, listen, that just blesses me. That turns me on. Used to, it'd take a big bass. But no, that's not it now. It's about Christ. It's about the Lord. It's about fellowship, worship. It's about loving on Him. And to see, you see, if we don't worship, though, at the house, it's not going to be real to the children. It's not going to be real to the grandchildren. And we're not going to hold up that standard in the generation to come. And we, listen, it's so important, church, that we worship. It's so important that we worship. Let me say, your private worship is going to affect you public. And it could very well affect people around the world. You'll touch lives that you never have known that you touched. They'll be affected by it around the world. You know, 
We live in a busy world. Someone says it's a rat race. And every time you think you're caught up with the rat race, they come out with faster rats. A lot of truth in that. It's a spirit of busyness. Anything to keep our minds in a, in a turmoil, keep us running, keep us going. We cannot substitute activity for unction. And we cannot get unction unless we get at the feet of Jesus in worship. And everything else will begin to flow. And so it's going to be costly. Oh, it may not be dollars. It may be, you know, you need to have, just lay that up there first. Amen. Just lay that up there first. Give it all. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. It's His to do with whatsoever He says to you. Everything else will flow out from that. But it may be some time. Time that you need to get aside and get alone. And get that freshness in loving on Him and adorning Him. When we leave this place today, can, can, we, also, can we honestly say, Brother Billy, as we go out the door, Brother Billy, I worshiped today. If not, we'd be missed our purpose. I worship through the Word. I worship through the principles and the speaking that God done to my heart. I worshiped and laid my all at the feet of Christ, my Lord, today. And you can go out with a life that's transformed and those around us will tell the difference. They'll smell the difference. They'll see and sense that we've been with Jesus. Is there a fragrance in my life that can tell my family and my friends and those that I'm around that I've been with Jesus. But let me ask you something else in closing because there may be someone here that you've never been saved. You need to come to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and acknowledge that you're lost and you're a sinner and you've never been born again, never been changed by the power of God. And today is the day of all days for you. And you need to do that. But number one, church, you're talking about camp meeting? Let's just go to worshiping. It'll flow out. Everything will flow out. I know, that, I know you got job assignments. I know that you got ministry things doing. I mean, it's just... But listen, first of all, get out and pour it all out the feet of Jesus. Ladies, all the pots and pans, men, all the going and coming. Pour it all out at the feet of Jesus. Lay it all out there in loving adoration and worship. Lay it all down there and He'll be glorified. You'll be blessed. You'll have a fragrance and everything will flow. And others will know we've been in the presence of Jesus. Don't go away today unchanged. Don't go away today the same as you came. Don't go away today lost. Come, come.